This is Always Advancing with your host, Josh Sanchez, the podcast created for multidimensional individuals, those that are looking to enhance their human experience and activate their state of self-actualization. Tune in each week for growth hacks and inspiring interviews to help you advance and actualize your full potential. I appreciate your attention and I'm grateful for your awareness. Let's go. Hi, Adventures. Welcome back. This is part two of Meta Awareness, the most important mental skill of the 21st century. Let's dive right into the book, The Complexity of Awareness. That which is aware of fear is not fearful. That which is aware of sadness is not sad. Sam Harris. In Vipassana practice in India, the foundation of these contemplative practices are rooted in cultivating stability by simply noticing rather than following where those thoughts, impulses, desires, or feelings would generally force you to go. The interesting aspect of awareness is you don't know what you don't know. Most novices to meditation are surprised to reflexively tune in and out of the incessant chatter in their own minds. How has this unconscious process been guiding my life? What is each thought saying when given full undivided attention? That's the contemplative, the self-reflective aspect of many mindful practices. When you begin to come to notice, this Noticing this new awareness can only be found when one begins to control the inaudible, the white noise, or the static in your mind. When left to its own devices, it just goes and goes, literally with nothing and everything to talk about. That's the white noise that is ultimately responsible for the direction of your life. If what Harvard Research back in 2010 found is true, 47% of our waking time is distracted. I would estimate in 2018 that number is well over 50% of the time we are spent in mindlessness and distractedness. Our mind wandering has only been amplified by the increasingly distractive tools we keep within arm's reach. Your attention half the time is not focused on the task at hand. Let that sink in. Most of our actions, thoughts, emotional responses are patterned routines. These patterns are programs that keep us repeating the same situations, circumstances, and lessons. We could say that our action in this state are unconscious. We do not exercise our free will in choosing our action in cases where we are in a patterned reaction. This is the same behavior we often experience in a dream, where things are just happening and we are just reacting. We find ourselves unconsciously doing things and not consciously choosing an action. We could say that in this experience, we are not exercising free will. In that place, we do not even see a choice. To make a choice, one must first see a choice. Awareness of your awareness. Neuroscientists out of Washington University have been doing pioneering brain studies to identify which neural areas are active during various mental activities. They found our mind wanders to things about ourselves, 
my day-to-day activities, my emotions, my relationships, the past experiences and emotions and replaying things from the past over and over. This study was done in the early 2000s. Add the new digital impressions and engagement, the likes, messages on IG, Snapchat, YouTube, Facebook, Vero, Pinterest. The common theme is it's all minutia of our life story. You can think of this like your default mode that your mind goes back to every time you lose track of your attention. My first brush with meta-awareness techniques, the aspect of mindfulness to be aware of yourself having the perceptual experience, the awareness of consciously being present when making choices, was close to a decade ago when I first read The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. The basic principles in this book changed my life and redirected the trajectory I was on. They explain the mental chatter as the metoti, the hell we confine ourselves in with constant judgment and self-affliction. Scientists refer to this as the monkey mind or our lizard brain. Doesn't matter what you call it, to end this misery that has afflicted the human condition for thousands of years, you have to start with yourself and take responsibility for your inner state at any given moment. Let me further define meta-awareness. In terms of awareness of mental stimulus and processes the ability to maintain a non-reactive attitude towards them, you can only change what you are aware of. When you become reactive to your mental context, this ends the process of meta-awareness. It was proposed by Wells and Matthews back in 1994 that meta-awareness is the fundamental mechanism subserving all the other mechanisms explaining effectiveness of mindfulness. An example, meta-awareness plays a central role in both attention regulation and emotional regulation. Attention regulation and emotion regulation requires objective and detached observation of the contents of the mind and emotions without getting caught up with those contents of awareness. The development of an ability to witness awareness as such is a major ingredient in most meditation techniques. By using different techniques, the activities of the ego processes can be reduced in intensity, which can eventually lead to the experience of gaps in the flow of experiencing of the products of the ego processes, gaps where there is no content in awareness, just awareness itself. Meta-awareness is that when one has started to relate actively to one's own interior processes, then all kinds of life events are perceived as occasions for self-inquiry. For example, think about an average scenario where the person who finds themselves in a workplace that has serious conflict, leaving you feeling trapped and powerless to something about it. You are not the boss or even a manager. You are an entry-level employee. This seriously impairs your ability to do a satisfying job. You're instead absorbed in feelings of frustration, in the wish to escape, judgments of others, and possibly the desire to fight back the troublesome colleagues. A person with some measure of meta-awareness will notice all these feelings and ask themselves, how do I deal, how do I deal with frustrations? What kind of emotional processes are triggering me? 
maybe perhaps thinking, how interesting to find my need for security is not being met. Or, so this is how it feels to be powerless and angry. I've never felt this before. What this mental skill allows for is empowerment to consciously choose to break free from default lower level mental processing that triggers you to act out of impulse, bringing presence into your life and slowing down our hyper-connected world. In hindsight, now I realize leading experts in philosophy and the vast array of practical advice offered by the great philosophical traditions of the East and the West. While there were differences in practice, I found a powerful underlying continuity among them. Just about every tradition's practice and teaching had the same precursor called today meta-awareness. The teacher, authors, and speakers, and mentors that had the biggest impact on my life were the ones who embodied, taught, or preached self-mastery, self-regulation, self-awareness, and self-love. What I never anticipated was the precursor to all these attributes is the mental skill, meta-awareness. This has similar nuances of mindfulness without esoteric ties to Buddhism, but still in common practice in Eastern tradition of contemplative practices as it should. When looking to advance in the fields of neuroscience and positive psychology, we can find scientific validation to back this idea. Meta-awareness is the mental skill that allows us to recognize awareness itself. So awareness itself becomes foremost. Such awareness of the awareness itself lets us monitor our mind without being swept away by the thoughts and feelings we are noticing. This is more complex and certainly more difficult than it sounds. We are not taught how to control our thoughts in Western culture. Mental health and those with mental illness are stigmatized the majority of time. Here's a quote by Sam Harris. The moment I am lost in thought, however, I am as confused as anyone else. The mind has amazing capabilities to send us through time a form of unintentional time travel. I can be in my office and simultaneously thinking about a past childhood memory or a future trip I have planned with my family. What meta-awareness allows for is to control the brain's mental process. If we don't control our thoughts, we inevitably will drown in our unconscious habit of mind-wandering. Meta-awareness gives us the capacity to track our attention itself, noticing, for example, when our mind has wandered off for something we want to focus on. This ability to monitor the mind without getting swept away re-engages us to find our mind has wandered. We can bring our focus back to the task at hand. This simple mental skill is the base of an expansive range of what makes us effective in this world. Everything from learning to realize we had a creative insight to seeing a goal, project, or endeavor through. 100% attention to any scenario is the catalyst to all peak experiences. Meta-awareness gives you the ability to cultivate environments necessary to allow you to implement this full attention. Self-regulating and self-checking will become commonplace, all illuminating 
the aspects of you that you need to grow and transform to become the person you've always dreamed of. Let me clarify a bit more. If you have ever been to a movie theater completely immersed into the plot of the movie, you seem to be in the movie itself. That is the loss of awareness or what researchers call experiential fusion, which is an elated and in the family of peak experiences. Meta-awareness is watching the same movie attentively while maintaining a background awareness of being in the theater watching a movie. This background awareness doesn't diminish our appreciation and involvement, involvement in the movie. It's simply a different mode of awareness. Another point I want to make is when you are aware of your awareness, you can choose reflexively to go into experiential fusion and back out to a witness awareness. But like anything else in this world, advancers, it takes practice. To sum up the chapter, meta-awareness is to be aware of yourself having a perceptual experience, the awareness of consciously being present when making choices, less reactive and autonomous, less algorithmically, less biologically like a robot. In the last chapter, I want to explore with you the benefits and practical applications you can use today to begin living a more fulfilling, engaged, and attentive life. Next chapter, Meta-Awareness, the Agent for Transformation. I actually want to close with a literally verbatim excerpt from an interview of Dr. Joe Dispenza, who authored The Placebo Effect, who is, his expertise intersects with neuroscience, epigenetics, and quantum physics. He He's on the board of a lot of communities, different scientific communities in those related fields. And they're researching the effects of meditation using epigenetic tests, brain mapping with EEGs, and gas discharge visualization. So all the advanced technology they're using right now in terms of how thoughts actually physically have a physical effect on our health and how positive and negative thoughts um, he quantifies this in a very analytical and logical way that anyone can really follow. But I just want to read an excerpt from here to close out this chapter of the book. As you see the same people, places, and do the same things at the exact same times, your environment is controlling how you think and feel unconsciously. Every person, everything, every experience comes with a physical hardwired distinction of neurological networks in your brain. Every experience that you have with every person produces an emotion. So some people will, will use their boss to reaffirm their addiction to judgment. They'll use their enemy to reaffirm their addiction to hatred. They'll use their friends to affirm their addiction to suffering. They need the outer world to feel something, to take control of them and change your emotional addictions. Your mental patterns is to be greater than your environment. So why is meditation a tool? It allows us to disconnect from our outer environment. Closing our eyes means seeing less things. It means less stimulation going to the brain. Playing soft music or noise cancellation earbuds, even less sensory information. You're disconnecting from your environment. If you sit your body down, train it, so let your body know you'll feed it when you're done, 
you know, you'll check your productivity tasks later. Right now, you're just going to sit there and you're going to make your body obey you. And when you do that properly and you set up that environment to disconnect using the meditative or contemplative practices, cutting off all sensory stimuli, you will then notice the power of your thoughts. Your awareness of the complete and utter control one unfiltered thought can cause you. That white noise, the static, the rhyme or reason that's that's connected to the negative emotional state, the survival state that we spend, according to research, 70% of the time in. It'll put all of this in perspective. Where you place your attention is where you place your energy. You are siphoning your energy out of the present moment into the past and you become aware of that and you settle your body back down in the present moment because it's looking for the familiar patterns. Like it's 8 o'clock and you're normally getting upset because you're in traffic at this time or you're used to that emotion. Your body is looking for it. It's time to jump on social media and judge everybody. Your body's looking for that chemical state, that familiarity. Every time you're aware that your body is searching for that or doing that, and you can settle it back down to the present moment, you're telling the body it's no longer the mind. You're in control of the vehicle of your body. Now your will is getting greater than the program. Repeating this training conditions your mind to control your reactive process. They no longer become unconscious triggers, but very controllable, changeable, conscious moments. When you can master yourself, there is a liberation of energy. You will free yourself from the change of those emotions that keep us in the familiar past. The act of becoming conscious of this process to become more aware of how you think, how you act, and how you feel is called metacognition. And that tool, meta-awareness, is where it all ties in. The more conscious or aware you become of those unconscious states of mind and body, the less likely you're going to go act or make choices unconsciously during your day. That thought is not going to slip by your awareness unchecked. The word meditation means to become familiar with, to know thyself. As you become familiar with those choices, feelings, emotions that are causing negative states of being, you can fire your old self. When you can teach people how to do that with the meditative process, it turns out it helps in their life. They are less likely to be emotional reactive. They can control the refractatory period. They are less likely to be rigid and believe every thought. They become more aware of unconscious processes. This is what starts the process of change. That's it. Thanks for tuning in. If I brought you any value today, please subscribe for notifications of next week's episode. I would truly appreciate it. Also, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Connect to our community on social media. We are building a tribe of self-actualized grow-getters. Those that implement the practice of lifelong learning, understanding it will catalyze self-actualization, the ultimate production of the human spirit. Find your baseline and grow every day. Till next time, advancers, make the rest of your day the best of your day.